Well, praise the Lord. Once again, this is Pastor Jerry coming to you wherever you're at, however you're watching or listening. Again, it is always an honor and always a privilege to uh, minister the Word of God, especially to those that are uh, hungry to hear it, praise God, and ready to receive it, praise the Lord. We, uh, again, this is kind of a midweek service deal, so we've uh, been talking about our patriarchs of faith. So let's jump right into this, and uh, we'll go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 again, amen, hallelujah. And verse 11 just says this, now all these things happen to them as examples. Now, all these things are all the things that happened to the children of Israel. Of course, the them is the children of Israel, and all the things that happened to them uh, are as examples, and they were written or recorded for our admonition or instruction or teaching upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So, in other words, these are things for from here till all eternity. These are going to be principles we can learn. Now, in context, you know, these were some negative things that happened to the children of Israel. That's why they ended up wandering around in a wilderness for 40 years. Now, hopefully you can learn from them by their example, so you don't have to have your wander in the wilderness experience yourself. Amen. That's kind of the idea, uh, you know, that these things are recorded for us to learn from. Um, what we've been doing, again, as I said earlier, is that uh, been going through a lot of our patriarchs of faith. Most of them, of course, have been the Old Covenant uh, patriarchs. Uh, we've gone through about a dozen of them. Uh, we did do Paul um, a few weeks back out of the New Covenant, but so far he's been the only one we've pulled out of the New Covenant. Um, last week, uh, Bezalel is a gentleman that was the uh, uh, that master craftsman, and uh, we talked about some things about work ethics and... Um, Today we're going to talk about, uh, well, I've titled it persistence. Okay, so kind of a coined a word there some some years back, uh, but we're going to talk about uh, one of the Old Testament prophets and some of the example he brings uh, to the table, and then of course always end up we always seem to end up back in the New Covenant and uh, minister the principle out of the New Covenant. We're going to do that again today. So let's go to Second Kings, Second Kings, please, and we're going to go to chapter two. 2 Kings chapter 2, hope you got your catchers on today to, to hear what's being said, praise the Lord. And uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, and uh, we are going to talk, um, let's see, let's go to verse 1. And it says, And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha to Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha, who, is who, who actually we're going to talk about today, Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And he was adamant about it, okay, pretty tenacious about it. And that's kind of what we're seeing about this man. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from, uh, from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. In other words, stop distracting me here. So he's pretty tenacious in what he's going to do here. And, and it looks like, Obviously, several folks know what's, what's coming down here today. 
And that's why he ain't going to leave his side. He's not going to leave Elijah's side. All right. Then Elijah, verse 4, said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Amen. So they went to Jericho. And of course, there, now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, and he answered and said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. All right. <laughs> it's amazing how everybody knows about all this, right? Then Elijah, verse 6, said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. So man, we're, we're trucking all over the place here. You know what I mean? So anyway, uh, he said, As the Lord lives, here we go again, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Amen. Very persistent. All right. Very tenacious. All right. All right. So the two of them went on. And 50 men from the sons of the prophets went and, and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water and it divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. So we're talking about a phenomenal miracle again here, the parting of the waters again. He took his mantle, rolled it, struck the water, and of course the water split, and, and again, going over on dry ground. That's kind of amazing to me. That's, you know, you just think about that, not only the parting of the water, but just the fact that it's dry ground. Okay, that's just, I don't know. Anyway, just kind of a cool miracle. And... Um, so the two crossed over on dry ground, verse 9, And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? And Elisha, okay, Elisha said this to Elijah, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. May a, may a double portion, or please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. How I many know that's, that's pretty Pretty bold there, right? And so he said, you have asked a hard thing, or you've, got, you've asked a tall order here, you know. Nevertheless, okay, it's not impossible. It might be huge, but it's not impossible, right? Nevertheless, okay, if you want that, here we go. If you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall uh, be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so for you. In other words, if you can stay focused on, on me as I leave and depart, guess what? You'll get exactly that. Then it happened as they uh, continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated uh, the two of them. So we got this chariot of fire coming in between them, okay, and horses, you know, everything's, you know, lit up, you know, the glory or whatever it is, you know, but it looks like horses on fire, chariot of fire, okay, comes in between them. It separates them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. So a whirlwind, he goes up into a whirlwind, but this chariot of fire came by. Really, I, you know, the significance of it, I'm not totally sure, but I do believe that, you know, it was just one of those things that could have been a very big distraction, you know. But Elisha remained focused, right? Now he said, um, so what happened, let's see, where are we at here? Um, Let's see, you see so far before you, okay, verse 11. Then it happened as they continued on and talked. Let's see, no, I'm on the wrong verse. That's what I did. Here we go. And Elisha saw it, verse 12. There we go, I'm sorry. And he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more and he took hold 
of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. In other words, he, he rent his clothes, okay? And he also took up the mantle that Elijah had, uh, that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan and he took the mantle uh, of Elijah, and it was rolled up again, right, that had fallen from him, struck the water just like Elijah did. And he said this, where is the Lord God of Elijah? I love that, man. Uh, this guy's just bold as it gets. And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Just like they went over, he came back. This time, he's got the mantle doing this, right? Now, when the sons of the prophets who were um, from Jericho, in other words, they're, remember, they're on the other side. They watched all this. Uh, they saw him and said, the spirit of Elijah rests upon Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him, of course. A few other things said after that. But the bottom line is we see some persistence, some tenacity, um, maybe some other words for that, I don't know, uh, uh, in insistence. Uh, it literally, uh, the word here, uh, persistence, uh, one of the definitions is a press forward, uh, press forward disposition, okay? And that's what you see in this man's life. And that's really kind of what we're talking about today or going to talk about today this press forward disposition. Disposition means a posture, a positioning, uh, a resolve, amen, another word maybe, uh, a lot of times referred to maybe as an attitude, a way of thinking, a mindset, all right, a state of mind. It also refers to something, a readiness of mind, and readiness of, of attitude, however you want to word it, or disposition. So that's what I want to talk about because I feel like this man had that, you know, uh, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And even when the man of God was saying, listen, stay here, wait here, I'm going to go over here. No, I ain't leaving you because I, I know it's going down here and I ain't going to miss it. Okay. He says it again, says it again, you know, and then, uh, you know, he says, if you watch me as I, as I, you know, depart, and obviously he did, right? So, you know, he said, uh, you know, he had asked if you, uh, you know, when you leave, I want a double portion. All right. That was a pretty tall order, pretty big order, right? And even Elijah said the same thing. You know, that's uh, what was his words? His words was, uh, uh, he said, that's a hard thing. In other words, that's a, that's a pretty big thing to ask, right? Now, actually, it did manifest. Uh, we ain't got time to go through all this today. But um, uh, in Scripture, you see, I believe it's seven major miracles that Elijah, uh, that's recorded. Okay, there may be a lot more, but that's recorded. We see seven major miracles. And they're phenomenal miracles, all right? But in Elisha's uh, life, in other words, the several chapters beyond this now, we see, uh, I believe it's 14 recorded major miracles, okay? That's recorded. Okay, again, there may be a lot more, but that's what's recorded. So we see even what's recorded a double of what Elijah had. So just a little tidbit, you know, throw, throw that out to you. But obviously, my point is, is that because of his tenacity, because of his willingness, this press forward, grab what's yours, you know, this uh, disposition that he had, um, he got what he'd asked for, all right? Now, for whatever it's worth, too, um, Elisha served Elijah 20 years, okay? And that's just, you, sometimes you got you to hang on to those kind of things because, um, you know, it wasn't like all of a sudden one day, you know, he saw Elijah walking through town and said, hey, I'm going to hang out with you today. And, you know, what, it, what, how it happened. Um, you, know, the, you know, you go back into 1 Kings and, this, and you find out where he gets connected with uh, uh, Elijah. 
but he served by Elijah's side for 20 years. Okay, so those are things like that you don't want to overlook, all right? <clears throat> so this man was willing to pay the price, okay? It wasn't like, you know, like I said, it wasn't just like one day he gets up and said, okay, I'm going to be, you know, tenacious today. No, he, he obviously held true, and he probably got to experience a lot of these miracles that Elijah did, all right? And so, you know, not only does he want that to happen, he'd like to see that double fold, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, you know, See it in double, so, you know, double anointing. Maybe I'm going to call it double portion, double anointing. So, uh, anyway, he got that, so that's my point. So, today, we're going to talk about uh, this uh, press forward uh, disposition, all right? And I, you know, personally, what it is, is about pressing forward and being instant, insistent, pardon me, insistent on obtaining what's yours, okay? And that's what we saw in Elisha's life. Okay, he was insistent on getting what's his. So years ago, okay, I don't know how many years ago now, but uh, several years ago, um, I kind of coined that phrase, persistence, okay, and um, because that's what it's about. It's about being insistent, but also pressing forward to grab hold of what's yours, to obtain your promises, to obtain what's rightfully yours as a child of God. You've got to remain consistent and insistent and bold, amen, tenacious, determined. These are all synonyms kind of meaning the same thing. Uh, but, you know, today we're just going to call it persistence, okay? So we're going to talk about pressing forward. So let's go to a good text for that, of course, is out of Philippians. So let's go there. Philippians chapter 3, please. And a common text, definitely, when you talk about pressing forward, amen. But to me, that's what you see in Elisha's life. And Elisha was a bold man. He, was, he got some pretty cool, pretty cool miracles himself, some great things that happened. And, uh, you know, he stuck to his guns. I mean, this guy, you know, several of these miracles, man, he just, you know, he wasn't moved by anybody. You know, he just knew what he was supposed to do, and that's what he did, and wasn't shook by anything. I mean, one case, you know, man, the, the town's surrounded by horsemen that are going to, that basically take him captive. And, and his servant, you know, got all kind of weirded out by it and got all freaked out and thinking, man, what are we going to do? And, and, you know, Elisha's like, those with us are greater than, than those with them. And, and, you know, you can imagine that his servant's just looking at the two of them. And he's like, no, open their eyes, Lord. Open his eyes and let them see it. And then and basically he ended up shutting the eyes of the horsemen and basically took them all captive. So all them that came to get him captive, he ends up taking all them captive. So Kind of phenomenal uh, miracle, but this is the kind of guy he was, you know. So to me, you know, he's a good example of some tenacity or determination. Good example of, of this uh, persistence, amen. And again, I know it's a made-up word in a sense, but I think you get the point. So uh, Philippians 3, let's get into that. Philippians 3. Uh, again, Paul talking to the church at Philippi, and he says, uh, verse 12, Common text here, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. 
Verse 15, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, and that's what I believe I'm talking to, those that are, are at least in their heart want to be those mature ones. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, those that, you know, are choosing to, to take the higher ground. Amen. All right. So uh, let us, as many as are mature, have this same mindset, this kind of attitude. All right. This press forward disposition. Okay. All right. And if anything, you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. In other words, you know, if you're, you know, God's going to show you this. This is, this is something you need to have working in your life. All right. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind again, of the same attitude. Amen. Again, this press forward disposition, this persistence. Amen. That we're talking about. So let's back up verse 12. All right. Let's, let's dissect some of this and um, talk about this persistence a little bit. All right. So uh, not that I've already obtained or I'm already perfected, but I what? Press on. Okay. This word means forward pursuit. Okay. Which when you think about pressing on, amen, it's about forward pursuit. All right. So we press on. It means to drive with force, to extend uh, consistent, diligent effort. All right. So uh, it's talking about pressing forward. All right. Now, just for whatever it's worth, I think it's, it's worthy of bringing this out. Earlier in the chapter, he talks about not having confidence in the flesh. Now, that's good or bad, okay? You don't put confidence in your own strength, or you don't even put confidence in your own weakness, okay? Uh, because sometimes that's a problem too, okay? Sometimes we just think that we, we can't do anything, and that's not true, okay? In God, you can do all things, all right? But at the same time, we don't want you thinking that in your own strength you can accomplish all these things because you can't, Okay? So we know that he's already established that earlier in this text, but he goes down here and says, but we're still called to be a people that press forward. We take ground. We take ground. And, and, and if, you know, if we're going to live a victorious life in God, it's going to be a life that presses forward. Okay, there, there's a press forward mentality that you're going to have to have. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, anyway, uh, I think I wrote down in my notes, there is no casual stroll in this victorious life, but only a continual press, all right? So we don't ever, you know, and this is something that's going to come up uh, quite often here today. Uh, we don't just, we don't let loose and get under some casual type mentality because maybe we've arrived a certain place, uh, you know, as, as uh, we're going to see here in a bit. Um, you know, anytime you become that, okay, now it's, now it's again, you've, you've let loose of, your press forward mentality. See, until the day we go home and be with the Lord, we, we need to maintain a persistence about our walk in God. Because we should always be moving forward, always be going higher. All right. And, um, you know, I, I praise the Lord, and I've said this many times, and, and, uh, and I'm sure if you've been watching or listening uh, to any of our messages over the course of, a, you know, the years or whatever, uh, you've heard me say this multiple times, and that is this praise the Lord that the Lord has accepted us just the way we are. I don't care where you're at, what you're going on, or what's going on in your life, what you've been through, the ups and downs, ins and outs, the mistakes made, uh, you know, the times that you've tripped up and your shortcomings, whatever it may be, know this, that the Lord will accept you just the way you are. But in this book, it makes it very clear that He is never going to leave you where you are. Okay, we're not meant to stay where we are. So once you come into the kingdom, once you've established that you're a child of God, all right, then it's this continual press toward moving forward, all right? 
Now, the reason that there's a press, and let me explain this to you, this word here, if you go down here uh, to press forward, so let's see, but I press on that I may, here we go, lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me, okay? But I press on, right, that I may lay hold, see there's something to grab hold of, for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, there's a purpose in my life, and I'm called to press hold and grab hold of it, all right? Let's see here. I want to make sure I get all this down here. All right. Verse 13 now. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward, amen, to those things which are ahead. Okay. So some keys in this verse. First off, if you're going to move forward in God, you can't, you can't be constantly staring in the rearview mirror. Okay. Uh, you can't you can't constantly you can't move forward when you got your you know yourself in reverse. Okay, it just ain't gonna happen. Okay, so somewhere along the line you got to establish that in order to move forward, I'm gonna have to let go of some things. Okay, now what I'm talking about uh, primarily, I'm dealing with your past. Okay? There's a lot of people who won't move forward because of mistakes or the situations they've been through or. They've had things that didn't quite go right or, or happen like they wanted, or uh, it could even be on the good side. It could be the fact that my life's so good right now, I don't ever want it to change. So I re, you know, I'm not going to jeopardize that by moving forward in God, and that's wrong too. You have to understand your best days are always ahead, always ahead, okay? But with that, see, there comes this too. You have to understand that with the pressing forward, okay, there's always going to be some form of opposition, right? All right, now let's... Let's define some of this, all right? Let's see here. Kind of got a little ahead of my notes a little bit, but let's look at this now. This word, uh, reaching forward, okay? Reaching forward in verse 13 is defined as to stretch oneself forward or upon, okay? Then it says ahead, the word, uh, so let's look at it again. Reaching forward to those things which are ahead, and that means that which is in front of you, or listen now, this is kind of what I was getting at, or that which is against you. Okay, that's what that word. So the stuff ahead, there's things that are, are, are with you or, or ahead of you, you know, in other words, that's good. But there's also, you have to understand that there are things ahead that are warring against you. And that's why you have to understand, see, life is a continual press because in order to, to move forward, you have to understand that there's, there's always some form of pressure, opposition, or we could say it this way, resistance that's pushing on you. So that's why sometimes with our walk in God, we, we lose sight. We, we, you know, we, we, we get maybe tired or we're out or whatever. And we think, well, I'm just so tired of, of moving forward because, listen, that's the way it's always going to be. That's why you can't, you can't rely on your own strength. That's why, you know, uh, you know what we say earlier about, um, uh, you know, don't take confidence in the flesh. Okay, that's what he said earlier. Okay, because, uh, you know, you can get yourself in trouble. You're going to think you're, you've already arrived or you're going to think the other thing. You think you're never going to get it, okay, depending on how, how you know, which way you're going to put confidence uh, concerning your flesh. So it never pays to put confidence in, in the flesh. But you put your confidence in God. And so that's the thing he's establishing. So, you know, he's talking about here pressing forward and taking ground, you know, this, this persistence is always relying on confidence in God to help you through this, all right? Because you're going to need it. And one of the primary reasons is the fact that there are 
always some form of resistance out there. Okay? The enemy doesn't just lay down because you made a decision you want to move forward. All right? Now, I'm going to say this, okay? Uh, uh, a, a victorious life in God isn't based on your conditions. It's based on your decisions. Okay? Now, let me clarify that. All right? So, in other words, you've got to make a decision every day. You know, if you will wake up with determination, you'll lie down with satisfaction every night. If you will wake up with determination to move forward, to take ground, persistence, all right? There's that word again. So if you will just press forward, amen. So in other words, you wake up every morning with determination. You're going to take ground. You're going to move forward. You'll lie down every night with satisfaction, all right? Well, all of that's going to be based on a decision to not only do that, but also to rely or put your confidence in God. Rely on God or put your confidence in God. Amen. To do this. All right. It's just, you just have to understand that. Now, the thing, let's go back to this verse again, and it talks about you're going to have to lay some things aside. And then the biggest thing is, some, is, is you know, the things behind you. And, 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 I, and Paul makes it real clear in that verse. In fact, he, as he says here, it says, uh, uh, I, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing. If you actually look that up in the Greek, that's, all it's, that's where it stops. I've apprehended one thing. The word I do in this text is, is italicized, which means it was added by the translator, thinking they were going to make it a little clearer to understand. And it's not that they did anything wrong, but, but in all honesty, he could have left it out because he, he makes it real clear. Paul says, listen, I don't have everything down. I haven't gotten everything right. I haven't done, you know, you know, everything perfect. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still attaining. I'm still reaching forward. But he said, there's one thing I do have down. He said, I know how to put the past behind me. And I'm telling you right there that for a lot of people's lives, that, that's, that's huge, okay? Because if, if you would just put the past behind you, you'd be amazed how much further ahead you can get. But if you constantly got this backpack of, you know, past experiences, you know, filled with past experiences and, you know, issues and problems and circumstances. You know, it's like, uh, it's like people talk about sometimes they come into relationships with all this baggage. You hear that said sometimes. That's because a lot of times people do. They leave one relationship and they come into another relationship but they bring all their baggage with them. Okay, and I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just saying that's just a, a kind of a phrase that gets coined. But a lot of Christians do that. They carry, bring their baggage from their past, okay, thinking they're going to move forward. Well, the problem is you got all this stuff, this added weight, these added problems and things that you're bringing in. Instead of, why don't you let go of it? Okay? He's paid a price for you. So you could let go of that. All right? Now, amen. So we're talking about part of reaching forward is being able to let go of some things behind you. All right. So anyway, praise the Lord. Pull this mic down a little bit because I think I'm, that worked. There we go. All right. Sorry about that. Verse 14 now. Let's get, let's get on here. So verse 14 says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So let's look a little bit at some of that, um, d define some of this, okay? All right. hope you're getting something out of this. All right. So let's look at um, the word here. It says uh, press toward. Okay, I went ahead and did some of this few extra words here today. Uh, the word toward, okay, he's talking about frequently, it frequently denotes opposition, believe it or not. Okay, so I press toward the goal, okay. So it's a word 
that frequently denotes opposition, intensity, or even uses the word distribution, talking about formation or planning. So what it's talking about is um, that this press-forward life uh, in, in, a lot of, in a lot of ways is like a game of, uh, maybe I could say, strategic warfare. Okay, I'm going to throw that out there because, it, you know, if, if we don't, uh, you can't conquer what you don't confront. Okay, some of you may have heard me say that before. You can't conquer what you never confront. Now, this is what he's talking about here is this press toward the goal, toward the goal. If you're going to obtain the goal, okay, reach the goal, then you've got to understand that, that you're gonna, you may have to be, you know, you, you know a little strategic because there's things coming at you, and you got to be strategic, all right? Um, you know, I think about sometimes as a goal, um, this word here also means mark or, uh, you know, so it's, it's talking about not necessarily, um, you know, it could be things along the way. There's certain marks, okay? There's certain goals that you reach uh, as you're moving forward, and you got to sometimes be a little strategic, and, and bottom line is what it's talking about, if we kind of really break it down, it's dealing with, uh, you know, hearing and following, hearing and following. So every day I'm pressing toward, you know, toward, toward that goal, knowing there are things happening along the way that, that are trying to war at me. So each time I, I, I am going to wake up with some determination, amen, that I'm going to conquer and overcome, but I'm also going to be attentive. Okay, we've just recently here did a message just dealing with that. Okay, just be attentive, okay, because God will walk you through all of this, you know. Uh, I was into uh, sports, still into sports, but um, uh, I used to run track. I ran track from time I was just a little tyke. I used to run junior Olympics when I was just a little fella and all the way up uh, into college and did indoor and outdoor uh, competitions, uh, um, you know, in, in many locations or, uh, in the nation and uh, just mostly in the Midwest area. But, um, but uh, the point is, is that uh, depending on where you're at, where you're running, what you're running, indoor, outdoor, it's all different. Um, uh, each race is a little different. Um, you know, who you're running against is different each time. And you have to some, be somewhat strategic in how you run your races. You know, sometimes it's just a sprint and you just, you know, you come out of the blocks and you're just, you know, go doing, you know, and that might be your shorter sprints. But I was primarily a quarter mile runner and uh, I wasn't necessarily an Olympian by any means. And those guys, they pretty much just sprint that whole thing. Well, I couldn't necessarily do that at that time. So uh, to me, I had to be strategic in how I ran that race. Well, in order for me to win that, I had to be, you know, strategic and then I had to stick to my plan, stick to the strategy to run it, okay, and I, and I did fairly well with that, that race, but I had to be strategic, okay, there was a certain way to run that, okay, that not only was uh, easy for me to finish that race, but also became, in a sense, it would, those that are running with me, if I did it right, I would knock them off their strategy, okay, they'd see me taking off and they would try to keep up, instead of running their race, they'd start running my race. And anyway, it's a whole nother, maybe another message there. But the bottom line is, it's all about being strategic, okay? And, uh, you know, you think about uh, just uh, 
you know, another thing for the goal, this, uh, you know, the, the, what it say, goal or a mark, I think is the other word, it's used as a mark. You think about um, uh, sometimes a, a sport maybe that has, like bowling, okay, a different type of sport, but, but they have what they have on, on the, uh, you know, the, where they, you know, roll in the bowling balls, this whole uh, deal there is all got marks on it. And they're all, all the way down that, you know, that wooden, uh, you know, where they roll that thing down to the pins, okay, it's got that lane, I guess I should say, it's a lane. Uh, they have marks all the way down, and a good bowler that becomes, even those that are maybe, they move into a professional ranks, these guys, they pretty much don't just look down at the pins and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit those pins. What they do is they go, they're strategic in how they throw the ball, how they roll the bowling ball, okay, because they go by marks. Now, that's just something to think about because that's kind of what we're talking about. We're talking about this strategic way so that in the end, we now have the prize, okay, and that's when you start thinking about all of this. So the Lord, see, I'm not putting my confidence in my flesh. I'm putting my confidence in the Lord. So I'm waking up with some determination and making a decision. I'm going to move forward, but I'm going to do it with the help of the Lord. He's going to give me insight, going to show me what to do, how to do it. I follow, praise God, and we get to the end. So we hit marks along the way, even though there's opposition and pressure coming from all sides. But if I do this right by following him, Praise God. Hallelujah. Guess what? You get on the other end, and you end up with the prize. And that's, that's really the name of the game. All right? So anyway, praise God. I appreciate you listening to all my stories there. Anyway, so let's move on here. Okay, so now um, it says, for the upward call, and that's talking about uh, of God, the upward call of God. Uh, let's see, did I say that right? Let's see here. Make sure I get it all. Right, upward call of God for the prize. Okay, so let's look at that. Upward call being uh, the higher way of living that God's called you to, all right? Could be your gifting, your calling, uh, the, uh, maybe the assignment. That could be all kinds of things. But then it says for the prize. Is that right? For the prize, amen, of the upward call of God. So let's look at the word prize. Let's define that. The word prize uh, means a prize in the public games, an award of uh, arbitration, which just means uh, referee, umpire. So somebody is, is viewing your run and then giving you the prize based on how you run it. Okay, then there's a prize for it. So think, you think about all that, okay? So it isn't just you get out and you run a race and do whatever. Well, how many know that ain't going to happen, okay? Uh, I use this story many times, uh, just my own thing, because I've, I've seen it both when I was in the high school ranks and, and college ranks. Uh, there have been times, okay, not many, but there have been times where I get disqualified from a race because I did something wrong, okay? Uh, you know, if you come out of the blocks too soon in certain places, if you, if you do that, you're done. You're just, you're done with the race. You, you jump the guns, you're out. But most of the time, it's due to stuff like um, you, you don't run it right, like your, uh, your foot, you, each foot is running on a line when you, gotta, you can't run every, every step on the line. You gotta, maybe you can do every other step depending on the rules, but every other step you can maybe hit the line, but if you're just running on the line, the inside line, you know, just trying to cut off a little time, right, and, uh, or maybe it just happened by accident, 
Well, I recall one, one, uh, one event where I won the event, at least I thought, you know, came across that finish line first, but they went, looked at the back, on the back side of the track, there's a man back there, a referee, kinda, you know, a, a guy that's watching, okay, that had a red flag up. Well, that red flag was for me because I had stepped too many times in a row on the inside line. Now, the point I'm just trying to make is that what he's talking about is that you don't just get to choose your own rules and how you do everything. Okay, that may be a whole nother sermon, but I'm at least going to toss this out here for you today. You know, we still, we have a race to run. There is opposition. And if you, if you follow God, guess what? You're going you're to win and no matter what's opposing you. And at the same time, you're going to run the race right. All right? You, so you want the prize. You want, you want to finish this thing right. You don't want to, you know, uh, take shortcuts because there's no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, there is favor. There's favor and there's the blessing, all right, that gives you the advantage. Okay, there's the Holy Ghost, right, that gives you the advantage. Amen. But there's no shortcuts. You don't just get to do it, you, do it how you want to do it and think, it, you know, this is how I'm going to do it and that's the only way I'm going to do it. No, 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 that's not what I was talking about. It's still, there's still a way to run this thing, but you can do it, and if you do it with persistence, if you do it with determination and tenacity, guess what? You can, you can, you can knock the socks off anything that's trying to war against you or pressure you, and at the same time, you can do it the way God's designed it to be done. You follow Him, you're empowered by Him, and guess what? You'll get to the end and you'll receive the prize. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I hope, you, hope you're hearing that. Praise God. Amen. A little tidbit on that, a little rabbit trail, but praise God. All right, let's, look, let's move on here. Um, the upward call, I think I might already said that, but let me go ahead and give you a definition. It means the high, uh, high or on top invitation, higher level to a place on top or above. And it's just talking about a higher, higher way of living. Amen. The upward call the God way of living this thing, praise God. Amen. Let's look on here now. All right. Now, with, uh, with all, all of this, okay, um, I think I'm going to toss this out here too. All right. And that is this. That every time you step up your game and you move up, guess what? It, the, the, the opposition doesn't just get easier per se. Maybe that's the wrong way of saying that, but I I'm, I'm hope you understand uh, one person says this way, new level, new devil. Well, that's, that's pretty accurate, okay? You just got another, 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 another level of, of opposition. Well, somebody said, well, then, then what, what's, a, what's the point going forward? Well, because it's a higher way of living. Because there's, you know, there might be more at stake and there might be more accountability and more responsibility, but there's also a higher prize, a greater prize. Amen. And, uh, you know, I choose to move forward in God and to grow up and to make adjustments in my life as I grow up because, to me, it's, it's about stepping into a new level, a new higher place. Keep going on God. Keep, keep doing. And the thing is, uh, in God, it's not like it gets more and more complicated. It just, it just means that, you know, you've got to be more in tune. You've got to be more aware. You've got to be more, more of a listener, Okay. Um, you got to be more of a, you know, maybe a little bit more of this step-by-step um, -step follower. Okay, I hope that made sense. Um, you know, you got to be willing to, you know, every step, listen and follow, listen and follow. And the more you do that, listen, you, you'll just move along in God, no matter how many, how, you know, how you go and grow 
Amen. And glow. Maybe that's another one. So your, your light shining brighter. Praise God. How, how, well, you just keep going. You keep doing. So this is why persistence is so important. Okay. Because you never really have arrived at the ultimate. You're, 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 you're coming to goals and marks. Amen. And ultimately, we want the prize. Okay. Of the high upward call of God. Amen. All right, now let's, let's move on here because I want to get down here to like verse um, uh, 17. I think I already kind of said some things about verse 15 and 16. Maybe I'll go ahead and read it. I'll read verse 15 again. Therefore, let us as many as are mature, right, have this mind or this mindset or this attitude, right, this way of thinking. And if, any, if, in, uh, if anything you think otherwise, God will re- reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we are already attained, uh, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Here we go. But here we go. Verse 17. Brethren, talking about you and me, right? Amen. Join uh, in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For my walk, for, pardon me, for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end, here we go, is destruction, okay, uh, wasted or lost, it's talking about, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, uh, who set their mind on earthly things, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, it goes on to talk some more, but I think maybe enough said that we can kind of use this. So what he's saying is this, basically what happens is some people quit along the way. Some people got to a certain place and think this is the goal, this is it, as far as I want to go, this is what I want, and stop, keep not pressing forward. And so what happens now becomes, in a sense, it can become an enemy. And I've seen this in lives. Um, I've seen this in, you know, you know, 30 plus years of involved in ministry. I've seen people who, you know, were moving forward, doing great things, but then something maybe else became the prize. Okay, and then once they attain that, it's like all of a sudden they, they've arrived or something. It's not that they said that. It's not that they looked at it and said, you know, I've gone far as far as I'm ever going to go, blah, blah, blah. They ain't like they've said that. But it's like they kind of in their own mind came to a point and thought, you know, I don't need to go any further. And so what happens is it becomes now a problem, okay, it's casualness, you know, uh, to be at ease, okay. And I'm going to talk about that maybe in a second. But... Um, it becomes a dangerous thing. Listen, our ultimate prize, ultimate goal is going to be looking at the master one day, stand before him, you know, face to face, you know, and we put on our glorified body and uh, we stand before him on streets of gold. And, and uh, you know, to me, uh, you know, that's when you hear that, well done, thou good and faithful servant, you know, to me, that's, you know, that's the ultimate right there, okay? And, uh, you know, with that, you know, there's all kinds of things. The Scripture talks about rewards and all that kind of stuff, you know, because, you know, really, you stop thinking, God believes in incentives, you know, and uh, oh, that's good. But to think that something here on earth is just, just the goal, okay, or the prize, I should say, or the upward, you know, what happens, you, you, you're limiting God and you're limiting yourself. And uh, what happens is, this is what he's warning you about, you become a limit to others, that's what he's dealing with. He says, remember, you're an example. So if you only go so far and quit, 
Okay, then you just have to understand those that are looking to you as an example or as a witness or a light in their life, they think that's all it is too. They go to that point and that's as far as they go. But, you know, you gotta be, you got to be the individual with some persistence in your life that every, every day you're waking up with some determination to keep taking ground, keep moving forward, keep doing what you're called to do, amen, and not back down, not quit, not give up. Not look back, pull back, draw back, all them kind of things, okay? Which is some things we're going to look at here in a second. Because you really can't talk about pressing forward without talking a little bit about uh, the danger of quitting or giving up, okay? So maybe with that said, let's, um, let's go to uh, Hebrews. Hebrews 10, that's what we'll do, Hebrews 10. All right, hope you're doing all right here. Hebrews 10. Now, I made a quote. Well, I didn't really quote it, I guess, but it's kind of uh, mentioned it about, you know, being at ease. And a verse that, that, that always seems to kind of jump at me when I, I think about that is out of Amos, okay? And I think it's Amos 6, I want to say. Amos 6, and I want to say verse 1. And it says, Woe to those who are at ease in Zion. Okay, uh, that's casualness. Okay, that's uh, uh, indifference, slacking. Okay, um, it means to be um, unconcerned is another one. So in other words, I, I went far enough, and we even see some references like in Ephesians that talks about the same thing. You know, where you you start backing up, you're getting that, you're, you're starting to fall asleep, be lulled to sleep. You're you're not pressing anymore. You're not pushing forward anymore. And so he says, woe to those. Who are, who are casual, who are at ease. And we even see in, in Revelations there's a reference about, you know, not being lukewarm. That's what it's referring to. Okay, we don't, we don't want to be guilty of that kind of stuff. We want to be a people that keep pressing forward, all right? And, uh, and you say, well, you know, there's reasons why I'm not pressing forward, and there could be, all right? And we're going to look at some of those things. Uh, so with, with, with that said, okay, again, another rabbit trail, right? Uh, but Hebrews chapter 10, and... Um, uh, verse, verse 38, let's do that. It says this, Now the just shall live by faith. Now this is a quote out of Habakkuk, okay, Habakkuk 2. Um, we see it in multiple references here, Romans 1, Galatians 3, and again here in Hebrews 10, all refer to uh, this uh, living by faith, okay? The just was you, that's you and me, that we're the justified, the righteous, okay? Now how do we live? We live by faith. It's a lifestyle. Okay, with reliance, dependence, uh, confidence in God, as we talked about earlier. That's what it means to live by faith. You're never, you're never going to stop that. That's how we live. Um, when we stop putting our confidence in God, we're in trouble. When we put more confidence in our own flesh for one reason or another, good or bad, right? As I said earlier, I don't want to keep hammering on that, but, but good or bad. So you might look at yourself saying, I've arrived, I'm, you know, and then that's going to be trouble. Or you might say, I can't ever get it, I can't ever do it, I'm just a loo-. that's, that's, tr- that's going to get you in trouble too. Okay, so we never put confidence in our own flesh. We put confidence in God. Let me say this too, you don't even put confidence in anybody else's flesh. Okay, now we want to, you know, you, 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 know, you want to be able to trust people and, you know, and all that. I'm not I'm taking away from that. There's people in your lives that you should be able to look up to and use them as an example or... Uh, you know, they might be a leader in your life or whatever, and that's all great, but 
You still don't put confidence in any man's flesh, not yours, not anybody. You put confidence in God. The just, that's you and me, shall live by faith. Now, then it says this, but, okay, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure uh, in him, okay? That literally means it brings no satisfaction to the heart of God when he sees people drawing back. So what does that mean? What does it mean to draw back? Well, it means to withhold under uh, to withhold under, which it's referring to really under pressure, okay, because it's talking about using your faith, okay? And faith, you know, for whatever it's worth, faith is a life of faith is always a, a move forward life. It's a victorious way of living where you're constantly moving forward. When you start backing up on your faith, stop using your faith due to pressure, okay, um, what happens then is uh, you're not going to see results, and pretty soon, okay, you're going to have trouble, Bubba. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. All right. Now, he says in this text, it brings no satisfaction to God when, when you're backing up, when you're drawing back, when you, you get into this slack mode, this indifference, okay, this casualness, lukewarmness. There's no satisfaction. And again, that reference in, in, he, in uh, Revelation says he, literally it spew you out of his mouth. I mean, that's how much it's a distaste to, to, uh, to the Father. All right. Now, it doesn't mean he stops loving you. It just means it brings no satisfaction, brings no pleasure to him. All right, when, you, when you're in that mode. Because God is always looking for His kids to keep t moving forward, to trust Him, rely on Him, live by faith, rely on trusting, confidence in Him, assurance. Uh, that also means uh, convictions and, uh, you know, being, um, you know, trust, uh, trusting in Him. And, uh, you know, all this is all synonyms of that word faith. And you think about that. When you start thinking about all of that, it's all about moving forward. You're taking ground. You're pressing forward. It's persistence. And there is no persistence when you're in slack mode, when you're drawing back. That word again, draw back, to withhold under, but it also means to cower, <clears throat> to shrink back, to withdraw. It means to shun or to hide oneself. Okay? So in this text, it's talking about, in a sense, drawing back based on really life's pressures that are being put on you. Okay, due to, you know, circumstances and situations, okay? Maybe life's throwing a curve at you, okay? Um, you know, and, you know, you you got to make a decision. I move forward regardless. I press forward regardless. I'm going to trust God. It goes on in verse 39. It says, but we are not of those who draw back. To perdition, means literally means to destruction, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. And all of that's just, again, confirming the same thing. That's really all about these pressures that hit you. That listen, there's no reason for you to back up and quit because now you're, you're, you're going to fall to whatever it is that's pressing on you. Your best, your best plan of attack, your strategic plan, okay, is always best if you're moving forward. I mean, just because you stop don't mean that the, the enemy stops or the enemy goes away, you know. Uh, he, he's going to, you know, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. And he, you know, he, he likes to hit you and run, run you over with the bus, and, and then you're down. He'll back up over you again and then hit you again. And, and even if you say, okay, I've had enough, and you raise the white flag, say, I ain't going to, you know, I'm done, I've had enough, he'll hit you again because that's what he does. All right? So you never, I hope you're hearing this, it's never an okay strategy to just quit or become casual. You're always better 
to move forward. Always, okay, always, praise God. Winston Churchill made a statement. He says that when you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> in other words, don't make camp while you're in, when you're going through hell. Because you just get through it, all right? Get on past it, keep moving forward, and get on the other side of this thing. Amen. Praise God. Let's look at another one, Luke 9. Luke 9, please. All right. <laughs> Luke 9, verse 62. But Jesus said, okay, now this here he's talking about really in context, talking about the cost of discipleship. Okay, in other words, if you're going to serve God and do this thing, okay, it, it's, not, it's not always an easy, easy task, okay, all right? So there's, there's things that are going to be pressing on you all the time, okay? Responsibility, accountability, all that kind of stuff. But he said this, no one having put his hand to the plow. Now, you have to understand when he says hand to the plow, okay, he's referring to, you know, extending energy and work. It's, it's work, okay? You're putting your hand to the task at hand, okay? And this particularly uses the illustration as the plow, okay? Now, if you're going to plow the field, okay, now because we're talking about old school uh, equipment here, we're not talking about, you know, some, you know, big giant disc on the back of, you know, some fancy tractor or some kind of thing like that. We're talking about in context, work in the, work in the ground. So he's got a plow. He says, you ain't going to be able to let go of that thing. Okay, you've got to put your hand on that thing if you're going to steer this thing right. And it goes on to say you can't be looking back. Okay, now he's talking about here, he says, if, if you're looking back, he says here, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Well, let's, let's look at some things. Okay, so this word looking back, okay, is referring to, um, you know, pressing forward and not, not, put your, not, not be, you know, in a sense, in reverse mode. Okay, so looking back means you're, 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 you're having second thoughts, okay? You're, um, you're, having, you know, you're having a mental warfare going on right now because, you know, the cost of discipleship, my, my, maybe, it, maybe it was a little bit heavier cost than what I originally thought it was going to be. You know, sometimes people see, you know, ministry in a sense, and please hear this, I, you know, I'm not you know, trying to scare anybody, but, you know, we see ministry, sometimes it looks, you know, the prestige or something, depending on who we're talking about, or you see maybe the glamour of some things. Uh, maybe you see it as, you know, just being a leader, you know, and, and all that. And, uh, you know, you might have that elevated in your head to a point that, you know, you think someday if I could just be that. And, and well, I'm going to tell you, it's a, there's a price to that. And, you know, if you're not willing to put the hand on the plow and keep looking forward and keep doing See, that's the thing about Elisha was he put the hand to the plow and he kept looking forward. And uh, um, he, for 20 years, served the man of God, okay? And when the time came for the man of God to be taken up, okay, he wasn't about to miss out on anything else that, that was offered to him. You know, he, he knew, I am gonna, I, I've, I've put my hand to the plow for 20 years, and, uh, you know, you know, here we go, right? So some persistence in his life, some tenacity, some determination in him to get all that belongs to him. Amen. But the man was willing to pay the price up to that point, which is key, right? Come on now. All right. You don't just, like I said, go live however you want to live and then one day decide, I want to be now the leader, um, you know, because a lot of people, 
you know, have a, a gift, you know, that might take them somewhere, but they have no character to keep them there. Okay, and I know that's a whole nother sermon, but that sometimes that's the thing about, you know, putting the hand to the plow through a lot of our life or our walk in God, you know, especially when we're talking about in, in context, he's talking about discipleship, okay, um, you know, that's where a lot of the character building happens. That's why I said earlier, you know, there's no shortcuts in this, okay? So, you know, you have to, you know, you got to you gotta let God work you and, 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 and show you things and walk you through things, and you got to learn some things. And, uh, and as you do that, praise God, you kind of go to the next, you know, next level, next level, going higher, going higher, amen? And with all that comes more responsibility, more accountability, you know, you want to be a leader, but it's pretty, it's a big responsibility. It's a big accountability there, all right? So anyway, praise the Lord. So uh, it says that, that uh, looking back, and he says if you're, if you're going to be looking back, he says, it be, says that you're not fit for the kingdom of God, okay? The word fit means well-placed or positioned. It means also appropriate. And what it means, um, um, you, know, you, you know, you're not where you need to be, but when you kind of look this up and kind of dive into this thing, it's talking about not being a fair-weather disciple. Okay, and I just thought, kind of throw that out there because sometimes, um, you know, I, I like riding motorcycles. And um, um, I enjoy riding. Uh, have fun when I do it. And, um, but I'm what you would call a fair-weather rider because if it's going to be nasty weather, I ain't going out there. All right, and I got, I got friends that are hardcore. They like to go out. They don't care if it's freezing out there. They don't care. They get out there, and that's what they do, and that's how they are, you know. Now, that might sound like a negative on my part, but I just, I've just admitted I'm a fair-weather rider. I like it to be nice and sunny and decent weather and but because uh, to me, I enjoy the ride more. But discipleship's a different story when you start talking about the kingdom. There's going to be times when the storms hit. There's going to be times when there's pressure. There's things going on. And if you're going to be the disciple you're called to be, you can't be a fair-weather disciple, okay? And that, in my heart, I, I choose to not be a fair-weather disciple, okay? Even though I'm a fair-weather writer, I'm not a fair-weather disciple. And I made a decision a long time ago that no matter what's going to happen, we're going to move forward, we're going to take ground, we're going to be all we're called to be, we're going to be a light, we're going to be a difference maker, we're going to be the salt of the earth, praise God, the light of the world, that's what we're going to do. And it, sometimes there's a cost involved in that. And so that's what he says. If you're going to put your hand to the plow, you can't be constantly looking back, thinking you messed, you know, maybe I shouldn't have made this decision. Maybe I shouldn't have, you know, you just can't do that, all right? So you're going to have to have some persistence. Remember, it always comes down to this. No matter what you're staring at dealing with, lean on him, right? Put your confidence in God, all right? He'll walk you through all this, all right? All right, so there's another one. Let's look. At, we're in Luke. Let's look at the last reference here today, maybe, or last least point, maybe. I have another verse or two, but uh, chapter 17 of Luke. Uh, 17, Luke 17, verse 32. This is a big old verse right here. Remember Lot's wife. Hmm. Remember Lot's wife. Well, what happened to Lot's wife? Well, remember when her and Lot and the family all came out of um, Sodom and the uh, whole thing back in Abraham, uh, you know, Abraham, of course, being uh, the uncle of Lot. 
and uh, goes in there and basically gets them delivered, gets them out of uh, Sodom. And uh, we see in verse uh, Genesis 19 and 26, it says about her, it says that she looked back to Sodom. And when she looked back, she became a pillar of salt. Now, all that's symbolic, okay, in a sense, because you talk about the salt covenant, which is a forever covenant, okay, which is a whole other sermon, but, but uh, a salt covenant, well, it's symbolic. She looked back. She wasn't committed. She herself becomes then a pillar of salt. Now, the, the word look back, okay, in, in, in that reference in, in Genesis 19, it means to regard with pleasure. So that could be another, another thing that can hold one uh, back. Okay, so looking back sometimes not just because of the pressures going on or, or uh, um, you know, there's, uh, there's other things. Okay, sometimes it's just stuff. It's things. I'm looking back because I'm missing my old life. I'm just telling you, there ain't nothing back there for you to go back to. Okay. That's, you know, that's, you know, when he, in, in that uh, Hebrews reference there, you know, talks about to perdition. It's just destruction. That's another that could fit in there because that all there is is just destruction. Sometimes when you're wanting to quit, maybe you need to remember why you started. All right? Why did you start? Why did you make the decision to move forward? Because at the time, okay, you made a quality choice to say, I'm going to serve God. And you were willing to do whatever it takes. And you'll probably find that in that time in your life, you were probably gung-ho as all get out for the things of God, listening and hearing and consuming everything you can about the things of God. And at that particular time in your life, man, things were moving forward. and It, was, it, was, it seemed a lot more fun to you maybe. Well, you get to different levels and pretty soon you know you're feeling the pressure and all that now it doesn't mean that you know once you get higher that oh man now life just stinks man no 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 if you keep you stay just as hungry for God you keep drawing on the things of God you keep leaning on God you keep trusting in God it gets it gets just as fun on every level if you just keep doing that but when you stop uh, with the confidence in God and you're putting more confidence in your own flesh then that's when it gets it, it gets hard and you struggle, all right? And, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, it just it, it becomes really a pain uh, because, you know, you're, you're always, you always feel like you're under something all the time, okay? So, you know, this is talking about what Lot did, what Lot's wife did. She was looking back because she was missing her, her old life back there in Sodom. Well, Sodom's destroyed. There ain't nothing back there worth looking at anyway. And you sure as heck don't want, I mean, that's, look where that got you, right? I mean, back that whole story, you'd be, uh, there was nothing about back there that, that was worth going back to. All right. But, so anyway, I put another reference in here. I think we'll close with this. But uh, Matthew 10 uh, talks about laying down the old life to grab hold of the new life, right? So let me just go ahead and read it to you, and then we'll, we'll let you go here. Appreciate you having an ear to hear all this. Amen. Chapter 10 of Matthew. And uh, it says this, all right, it says, He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, the Amplified brings out that if you're, you're willing to let go of the lower life on his account, you'll grab the higher life. That's how he defines it in the Amplified, is the difference between a lower life and a higher life, okay? 
So in other words, if you're willing to let go of, of, of some of the things of the natural to grab hold of the things of the spiritual, amen, he says that if you will let go of some things on, on, for his sake, in other words, I'm going to do it on his behalf or for him, what happens is that you're grabbing now a higher life. That doesn't mean now that you can't have things or have whatever because the scriptures are pretty clear. Seek first the kingdom of God, right, and his righteousness, and all these things get added to you. Well, what things? All the things the Gentiles are seeking, all right? So it isn't like God's holding everything. It just says, listen, you got to be willing to say, you know what? Nothing else matters except you, Lord. I'm after you. I'm seeking you. And if you will just go after God, amen, all this other stuff gets added to you. It just comes. But when it's all about the things and all about the stuff and all about, you know, I don't want to lose this part of my life or that part of my life, and you get more concerned about this natural way of living, I say, it'll hang you up. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather let go of the natural, the lower, the Amplified brings out a lower life to grab hold of a higher life, praise God. Now, said all this, hallelujah, really just to, uh, you know, we're talking about persistence. And, um, you know, you really can't, you know, there's no pressing forward if you're looking back, drawing back, pulling back, you know, having second thoughts all the time, uh, more concerned about natural things, um, you know, your mindset on the wrong things. I mean, it's hard to press forward. You're going you're gonna to constantly be staring in a rearview mirror. You're, you're going to get off, off, off the road, and you're going to crash into the ditch or whatever and have problems, all right? So I'm encouraging you today to have some persistence to move forward in God. Don't back up. Don't quit. Don't look back. Amen. Just move forward. Your better days are ahead, and I promise you that. Your better days are ahead if you'll just press forward. Hope you got something today. Father, we give praise and glory once again. Thankful for this word. Thankful for this principle. Thankful, Lord God, for uh, the example of Elisha, Lord God, as a man that was tenacious, praise God, had some persistence, praise God. And we thank you and praise you for what we can glean off his life and also, Lord, the things we've learned in Scripture here. For that, we give you praise. And, Father, I'm thankful that this people listening and hearing today and watching, amen, are our press forward people. They have a press forward disposition, praise the Lord, a press forward attitude, hallelujah. And I'm grateful and thankful for that. And I call them blessed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.